Hello, my name is Ben. My name's Andrew. And we are your hosts of the Too Vague Podcast this week. One word, two hosts, stories, trivia, and video games. Andrew's joining me today. We're going to talk about the word review. But first, let's review. How are you doing? How am I doing? Oh, um... Is that a loaded question today? <laughs> we'll just say I had a hard week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm on the upswing, but yeah, it's uh That's good. And hopefully this will lighten your spirits. I hope so. All this talking about Siskel and Ebert and no. Siskel and Ebert. Oh yeah. I don't have much to report other than I'm about sixty five percent through Soul Hackers two. I sent you a picture of like in between the scenes, they have little things where they can have lunch as a team together, you know, which uh, gives you certain buffs as a team. But uh, one of the things that they have, they have pizza and then there's these big jars of mayonnaise all over the table. And I'm like, pizza and ma- that's the only thing, that's the only food item there, pizza and mayonnaise. Pizza and mayonnaise, that's... What, what are your thoughts on pizza and mayonnaise? Um... I, I wouldn't normally combine them. <laughs> pizza and mayonnaise. Yeah, pizza I like and pizza. I think mayonnaise is is an ingredient in in some very flavorful things. Yes, but um, pizza is not one of them. It wouldn't be my first uh, condiment choice. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've heard of like a white pizza, but I don't think that means I put mayonnaise on it. I don't know. Instead of marinara, douse it with mayonnaise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. It could be like, a, a, you know, garlic aioli or something. Which yeah. The more emulsions, the better. Keep them coming. <laughs> it's fancy mayonnaise on the pizza. Weird meals aside. It's an interesting story about how an AI determines that there's going to be an apocalyptic event. So the AI creates these two humanoid girls to mm-hmm. help save the world. As like agents of this AI and the uh, and they do that in weird science. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's slightly different. It's slightly different, <laughs> slightly different. But yeah, it's really funny because the the characters say is like, well, how do you survive with this intelligence? I mean, how do you? Because we are so <laughs> limited now in all the things that we can do. It's like, how do you live like this, guys? <laughs> And then they're starting, starting <laughs> because they're, they're a big expansive AI and they know everything. Right. right. So then that's kind of mm. cute and funny and they're learning how to be human or whatever. And yeah, Kelly LeBrock is not in the game. Well, that was Kelly LeBrock, right. right? It was Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have seen it recently and there are some eyebrow raising sort of this movie wouldn't be made today in this way. But yeah, but then again, what 80s movie isn't that way? I mean, it's a, to some extent, some of the there's, things that are said, there's a lot of cringe in those 80 movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's not just because of the bad acting. It's <laughs> no the casual workplace sexual harassment. That's OK. And yeah. That. And then calling someone by a uh very negative gay sort of you know like me oh yeah yeah. kind of like that's one of those things where it's like you know that's bad i have a segue away from that okay let's segue away from that yeah but this is this is the thing like i just like realized it yesterday okay 
but like in general, the word queer is like a very positive word now in the gay community. Yes. Yeah. And I realized that, oh, that means I can really crank that uh, Dead Milkman song, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to listen to that song again. Yeah. <laughs> Which. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. It's a, they're in it with a you know, no, no, it's a, building landing strips for gay Martians. I think. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah it's, no, it's I mean, fine. well, it's it's a as far as conspiracy theories go, that one was kind of tame. I don't know what they're doing to the soil. <laughs> the queers. <laughs> Do you know anyway, what the queers it, are doing to the soil? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that was from a time where it was okay to say that. It was done in a way that was sort of... It was also sort of making fun of a certain viewpoint. Yeah. Like, they were like saying, hey, there are people out here that believe crazy stuff, and this is how they talk. (laughs) I feel like Stuart might be somebody who thinks that magnets don't work when you get them wet. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Perhaps. It's possible. (laughs) In the news. And moving on. Moving yeah, let's, on. Let's review. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Wait, you didn't even, we didn't even get the definition of the word review no, yet. No, we didn't. Uh, we didn't. Did you have a chance to listen to that snow Yahoo Holt music I sent you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, <laughs> that is something. Like, what? If you haven't heard it, <laughs> audience, you need to look this up. Yeah, there's apparently a thing where a CEO on a call in 2013 was complaining about the Holt music and they caught it in the meeting. So then they made this song okay. with snow. And I'm not sure if it actually became the hold music, but I shared it with Brian Colburn from my weekly mixtape. And he said, oh my gosh, this is the best hold music I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so it was something else. That's all I can say. I probably would call to, to listen to that hold music. But anyway, the word review. I've been liking the kids' definitions because they're nice and sweet on the Merriam-Webster page, so I'm going to use the kids' definition today. Sure. Review the noun, a formal inspection of troops by officers. They're starting out with the military one, huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what their objective here is, but a general survey, an act of looking something over especially for flaws. Mm Mm-hmm a discussion by a critic of the quality of something as a book or a play. A play? Yeah, they do reviews of plays. Yeah, sure. No movies mentioned, but yeah, a book or play. Movies, yeah. A magazine filled mostly with reviews and essays. Like the Sunday Review or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. A look at past events. A fresh study of material studied before. All right. Yeah. I got a review for the test. Yeah. Yeah. And then review as an R-E-V-U-E. That's like a a show. Yes. We're doing a review. We're doing a stage. Theatrical entertainment consisting mostly of brief and often funny sketches and songs. Yeah. Not unlike the podcast, a review. Maybe I should have called the show (laughs) The Too Vague Review. The Too Vague Review, yes. Uh, <laughs> with our funny sketches and songs. Oh, songs. That's what's missing from the show. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It might be missing for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for you, myself, and Nora, thank goodness for that. No singing. <laughs> no singing. <laughs> I mean, if you get someone on who's actually a musician, go for it. But Again, with Mango and my dead father bookmark. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, Mango. Mango Mango's like got some issues tonight. Maybe that's what the problem is. He misses him, perhaps. Maybe. He smelled his feet and he wants to smell him again, but the closest thing he has is a bookmark. Okay, so that's the noun, and then we've got the verb, which is probably, you know, a verbification of those nouns. To look at a thing again, to study or examine again, to make a formal inspection of as troops, again with the army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To discuss the quality of as a book or a play, or to look back on, review one's accomplishments. So those are the definitions that we have for review according to Merriam-Webster. Do you say Merriam-Webster or do you just say Webster? I think often Miriam gets overlooked. Wow. You, you might have something. I'm looking at the the old dictionary I've had on my shelf for 30 years, 30. But it's just Webster's New World Dictionary. Oh, so, okay. Distributed by Prentice Hall. What? Maybe this is something you can use in your cartoon. I just had a weird idea. Yeah. Aldous Huxley's Brave New World Dictionary. <laughs> Or a Brave New Dictionary. I don't know. Brave New Dictionary. Yeah. I read a biography of of Noah Webster once. Oh, okay. You reviewed his life, perhaps. I I read it. Interesting guy. Yeah? As in in the sense of also a very boring guy. (laughs) (laughs) It seems to be uh, with the word interesting. One of two sides of the spectrum right they're either interesting because they don't do anything or they're interesting because they do all sorts of bizarre stuff i mean it's been a while at least 10 years since i read the book and yeah but uh it's been a while it's been a while but he was basically you know um back during the american revolution time Uh yeah he thought he you know support the cause by getting rid of all the u's all the extra u's and color and flavor that's oh seriously yeah i mean i mean okay almost that's almost serious um he he was a little young to actually fight in the revolution but i think his first thing that he did was a sort of a grammar booklet that uh, lots of people liked using for teaching and then he wanted to make an American dictionary as opposed to an English dictionary. Okay. You know, an American English dictionary. But Right. And there was some talk at the time of like totally changing the spelling so that it could be like straight phonetic, like get rid of all the silent letters, get rid of yeah. the things that are pronounced differently different times, you know. All the all this stuff that makes English really fun to spell like but the best he could do is uh get rid of the use okay and flavor and color that was that was as radical as they would let it go they're like eh. what about check c-h-e-q-u-e is that something that he changed i mean it seems like it would oh, maybe that's right because the british would check like that yeah yeah that might have been one that got americanized or you know doing a center Yes. Like C-N-T-E-R instead of R-E. You know, it's like, it's a bunch of words like that. That was his first order of business. That Well, I mean, that was like the what America said. Yeah, we, we can change this much. Yeah, I guess people didn't want to like totally change their spelling of stuff. Right. I'm sure there was sort of an adjustment period. Kind of still writing the old year on the checks. It's, it's kind of funny that we're like post-revolutionary war. So we're like, you know, late 1700s. 
And in England, they didn't standardize the spelling till like 1750. So before that, you could just spell things however you wanted to. Okay, so there wasn't a standard. There wasn't a standard. They hadn't agreed on a standard yet. I could go on and on, but maybe I shouldn't. If we want to talk about the dictionary. That should be a different show. Did you ever used to read the dictionary? Oh, yeah. One of the, the funny autistic traits is like, yeah. We like to read reference books, like the dictionary. I think that's interesting, because I never had the urge to just read a dictionary. I would just use it whenever I needed to look up a word or two. Um, I wouldn't like just read it page by page, but it'd be like, I'd look up one word, and then there'd be like, it would springboard me to like look up a different word, and like, you know, I'd be flipping back and forth through the whole thing. It's like... Okay. Going down the grammar rabbit hole or something similar to the you know, like web pages will kind of lead you to other things, right? Oh, yeah. And you know, you know what, what sent me running to the dictionary? Howard the Duck comics. <laughs> Howard the Duck, huh? Howard the Duck, the writer of that was using a lot of 10 cent words. Yeah. He sure was. <laughs> I can assure you that you didn't have to look anything up for the movie version of Howard the Duck. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about that. We don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> we can do a little review of the movie version of Howard the Duck. We'll do that later. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll do that later. We'll do that later. I mean, we do have to bring it back to reviews. I tend to ramble. No, no, no. That's that's a part of. As you pointed out the other day, you're like Andrew. We need like a solid three hours to do a one hour podcast. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I have that tonight. But <laughs> that's part of the beauty of the conversations, I think, though. It is. It is. I just then uh, you got to take it back. Yeah. Other than Howard the Duck comics, what does the word review mean to you? Because I think of work. Oh, yeah. Like the performance review. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to think that. You do all you can uh, all during the year, and then you look back and you try and sell yourself. You know, this is the time of year for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. for me anyway what do you think of okay on the one hand yeah i was i did have like the performance review on my mind uh-huh. because i haven't had one in a few years so yeah. like what would go on at this time but i don't really care i mean i do care but i feel like i'm unfireable so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you want to put that in the atmosphere i don't know i mean it's not unfireable i mean i'm i have a, a lot of seniority in a union job that nobody wants so by that token you do have and i try to do a good job and when i screw up make amends for it so so like for example if you were to say that when you get water on magnets it ruins them and you figured out that that is not the case you would tell your following at a rally I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I, this is theoretical. Theoretically, I would like to get in front of that and be like, yeah, you know, I had bad information. I'm sorry I spread it. Apparently, magnetic superfluids are a thing. Apparently, MRIs work. I don't know. Do you know what the M and MRI stands for? Magnetic. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's it's it's. It uses the magnetic properties of the iron in your blood. Yeah. Which is mostly water. So, you yeah. know, I, I, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't go on TV saying stuff like that. So, right. Exactly. We're not, we're not reviewing magnets. We already did magnets. I did it with Nora. That was the first show I did with Nora was on magnetism. 
All right, so we're reviewing that we reviewed magnets. <laughs> we're reviewing that we... So this is back to what you think of when you think of the word review. What I'm thinking of, like, okay, so lately I've been getting a lot of solicitations on Instagram oh. from um, people uh, wanting to uh, sell me a service and where they will review my book and put the review on Instagram. I'm like, okay. And then, uh, and then also Goodreads and Amazon, right. they say. But then I've been like researching the reviews that they post on Instagram. My review of them is thumbs down. Oh, okay. It, it looks like something that got churned out by an AI. I get similar things from people who want to promote my podcast since day one. Something I, I posted to something. Oh, I know what it's because I'm doing a Kickstarter. And then all of a sudden these people like come out and hey, we going to help review your book and i'm like i'm making a zine (laughs) there's not an ebook version (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and uh i'm not selling it on amazon i'm like if you want to support my work go ahead and support the kickstarter that's fine (laughs) bit.ly backslash mini grunge i will put it in the notes so it's appropriate that this is the 100th level and you or 100th level (laughs) It's the 100th 100th level. (laughs) (laughs) It's the 100th level of life. It's the 100th episode of the podcast. Oh, yeah. And I'm doing a a Make 100 Kickstarter. Yeah, the 100 and the 100. Yeah. So um, for that, what is the Make 100? What does that mean? It's just basically uh, in January, they like to just sort of do a little promotional challenge of uh, make 100 of a thing, you know, so that it limits what it is you're making. Uh-huh. So it doesn't have to be like a high stakes thing. And so it's a small batch kind of supposedly Kickstarter promotes it a little bit. I'm not really sure they do, but maybe they do. No offense, Kickstarter. The way the internet works these days mystifies me. Yeah. Like the people that approach me on Instagram saying, hey, would you like to buy reviews on? And then I ask them, "Okay, what's the URL of your website? And they're like, oh, no, it's just the Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, thank you for playing. I can't link to it. So, you know, yeah, whatever. But I string them along a little bit. Okay, so you have conversation with them. I, I try to. I'd be like, I, 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 well, with a couple of them, I think they've gotten why. It might just be the same person over and over again because all of their names has like Indian or other South Asian kind of flair to it. Okay. In their actual Instagram messages to me, I can see that there's a different vernacular and maybe not as solid a grasp of American English. Okay. And like when I ask them direct questions, they answer something totally different and they, they swear they'll buy my ebook on Amazon to review it, but they don't buy it. They swear they will if you use their service? If you use their service, yeah. Part of the thing, like the first one that was like, oh, it's $20 plus the cost of the ebook so that they buy it on Amazon supposedly and then review it. Uh-huh. So the first one I was like, mm, I'll play this game for a little bit. And I asked them to email me an invoice. So I emailed a, a PayPal invoice for what the service was. Okay. And then I was like, so, okay, cool. When's it going to happen? And he said, oh, by this date. And then, all right, it's going to be on all these three platforms, right? And like, no, yeah, it is. You know, I check and I'm like, well, I didn't have any ebook sales on Amazon. So obviously you're not doing it. Also, I can't find any of your reviews on Amazon or on Goodreads. And they're like, um, I don't always do that. Sometimes I, I was like, I would like a refund, please. And then. They're like, I'll get it on Monday. And like, no, nothing, nothing. I was like, luckily in that case, 
because I did it through PayPal. Oh, you could stop through, it. Through an invoice on PayPal, I could dispute it because the invoice says exactly what the service is and I can send them screenshots of all the communication. That's very smart. Very smart. It was annoying. But then the fact that like seven other people keep hitting me up with the same thing. So I'm like, what are you guys doing? The selling of reviews is not cool. It's also against Instagram's terms of service. You can get your account oh. something. You can get an Instagram jail for doing that. What would Instagram jail be like if it was a physical jail? <laughs> you have a handheld VHS camera. Go. There you go. You have you have a disposable camera you can take pictures with. You got to get those uh, <laughs> developed at Walgreens. <laughs> would that be Instagram jail, you think? That could be Instagram jail. Yeah, you got to do. <laughs> you have to do everything manually and prove that you've done it manually before you can get back into the digital That's age. That's right. You got to go through the dark room developing process <laughs> exactly. before the. That's a little advanced, but if you want brownie points. We're going to find an old high school photo classroom so you can do this. Yeah, and they'll be like, no, we don't have that anymore. Too bad. You're still in jail. But anyway, the reviews and promotion. Yeah, I get it all the time. And it's it's like any other communication I get from someone trying to sell me something. If I want it, I will go out and get it. Thank you for following me or whatever, but I'm not going to use your service just because you followed me. My surefire way to shut him down is like, I will be happy to send you a review copy in the mail. What's your address? Yeah, that shuts them down. They're like, um, just PayPal us $30 right now. And <laughs> like, Sorry, well, I can't do that. I'm not going to send you any money, but I'll be happy to send you a review copy. I'm willing to spend money on postage. So the 100, it doesn't have to do with the theme or anything like that. It's like, it's a small batch, you know, and other people make different things. It doesn't have to be zines. It has to be a hundred of something. And last year I did like a hundred stickers. I, I just, I had uh, my friend, uh, Rudy Flores. He does the Army Man Project there in Tucson. Oh, okay. Is it okay to say his name on here? Or would you just want to say Rudy? Rudy uh, Hex and Hugh will print stickers for you. No, he's like a local celebrity. I don't think he would mind. Yeah, he printed the stickers and I ran a Kickstarter campaign that basically paid for printing the stickers. And then I mailed them out to a handful of people who supported and then i just have a bunch of stickers i just give out to people it's yeah fun. exactly that's my angle on doing those a lot of these things that i do is like well it's fun it's kind of neat if i can like turn a profit but for me it is 100 percent about having fun doing it and putting it together so that is my focus and as soon as it becomes a job that's where i don't want to do it is different than your philosophy you've always been doing zines and going well if i can make some money at it it's cool but I am not that way with the podcast. It's just a hobby for me. I enjoy doing it. I like meeting new people. And that's kind of the point for the fun of it more than anything else. And like, honestly, like for like the zine stuff, th that really needs to be for the fun of it. And sometimes I make something that's like helpful for people. And so that's cool. I'm sure I would love to be able to turn it into an opportunity for a different kind of work. If somebody who makes compilation comic books says, hey, would you like to you know, submit a comic? That's cool. I would like to. You know, just just from the stuff that I do, like I, I have been approached on like uh, doing webinars. About, yeah. Like some of the autism stuff I talk about. So you've done those. Yeah, I've done one. 
I've got a couple uh, in the pipe that I'm supposed to do in in March. Oh, wow. Very cool. And so I see the zines as just like, this is a creative thing that I do. The passion shows through. And if you can make a little bit of, a little bit of scratch, I was going to say, a little bit of money while you're doing it, more power to you. If I can get my hobby to pay for itself, that's really cool. That's where I'm at right now, I think. <laughs> it would be cool to like, you know, if there was enough interest, if there was like somebody said, hey, let's give you a book deal, I would be like, how many zeros are in the advance? And if it's like an, <laughs> enough zeros that I can take a year off work, I will do it. With me in the pocket, I don't think that's going to ever happen where <laughs> it would have to be a lot of zeros. But I would do something with voice acting or ad reads and stuff. But this is my thing. Me and whoever I share it with, and I'm happy with that. That's awesome. That's a review of the mission of the podcast. Yeah. You're out there. You want to talk to different people, find out some stuff, and report back to Aunt Nora. Yeah. Meet some some new people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is our main communication method. We stop with the carrier pigeons. Oh my gosh, I sent you that too, right? You sent me the thing about the, yeah, I could send something by carrier pigeon. I don't, don't know why I would, but. That is obviously a fake website, but it was so hilarious. Yeah. You know, that was my joke. It's like someone went offline abruptly and I was like, oh, next time you just send us a message by inner office carrier pigeon and we'll be fine. (laughs) And they said, carrier pigeon? What is a carrier pigeon? So then I had to show them what a carrier pigeon was. And then I found that there was a website for using carrier pigeons. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope this thing is real. I just saw a headline about at the Sam's Club, they're going to use AI technology to scan your purchases or whatever as you leave instead of having the person check in your receipt. So I think that would be kind of neat if they paired that with the ED209 voice. (laughs) And... When you have two, you know, you leave with the thing that you pocketed, you know, or the extra item on the cart. It says, put down the extra can of baked beans. You have 10 seconds to comply. (laughs) Put down the visine. You have, (laughs) (laughs) you have 20 seconds to comply. But then all you'd have to do is just find some stairs and you're safe. Stairs. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they have stairs at Sam's Club. Could you direct me to oh a step stool? Do you think a step stool would be okay? <laughs> they definitely <laughs> stir. <laughs> that would be the big smoke screen. You know, it would be just stand on a step stool, throwing, throwing a bunch <laughs> of stairs at him. Yeah, <laughs> it would be too obvious to go for the ladder, but the step stool. I think that's where it's at. You know, it's just enough to where it would distract the Ed Two O Nine voice. Where the hell is <laughs> Sorry. More about the review stuff. When I first mentioned this word to you, you said Siskel and Ebert. And I was going to say Siskel and Ebert at some point, yeah. Which is near and dear to my heart because I'm from Chicago. And I remember watching, I think it was called At the Movies. Is that what it was called? Their show had so many different names. Yeah, at one point it was At the Movies. I think it was called Sneak Previews. Back before it was, uh, when it was still like on PBS. That is what it was. Sneak previews. Yeah. 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 But then they, when they syndicated or whatever. Yeah. 
when I started getting real money. Not that horrible uh, Sun Times and Chicago Tribune money. They were movie reviewers at rival Chicago newspapers. Yes. So there. Which was kind of, I mean, you know, that's an interesting idea. You got two guys who really enjoy the movies. Yeah. Whenever they would appear on talk shows, they always had this sort of like, I don't know. I saw them on David Letterman once and it was almost like they were having a fight. <laughs> almost. Yeah. You could kind of tell that they probably don't like each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This is this is all speculation, but it just seemed like the their body language, what they would say to the other person, it was very. They would make jokes at the other's expense, and you know, they, they might. I'm sure Letterman egged that on. Oh gosh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's like that makes for good television. He probably got him started in the green room. Yeah, yeah. Like, but that was around the time when you used to work at the movie theaters, right? I think they're yeah, absolutely. I think they were still on. Yeah, when I was. For me, I remember Siskel and Ebert on the PBS, and this was before they went national. Because that was woo, early 80s. Like, I remember getting excited to see their review of Empire Strikes Back. Oh. They're like, it's a sequel that doesn't suck. They, it was words to that effect. I, I don't think you were allowed to say suck on PBS back then. <laughs> but <laughs> How about blow? Can we say blow that doesn't blow? Like, no, 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 it's, it's not, it's not the nineties guys. We can't, we can't say blow. I remember a couple of reviews, uh, one movie that I really like that no one else seems to, well, I don't know. It's a Sean Connery movie. It's a sci-fi movie. It's called Outland. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. That's like a, yeah. It's the story high noon in space. I really like that movie. I mean, something like that. It's like whenever someone says, you know, underrated sci-fi movies, that's always on the top of my list. Check it out. It's worth watching. Yeah. Just look away when their heads inflate. and <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of gross. You get the impression that the character had done some bad things before, and now he's just kind of like, it's the letter of the law. I'm, I'm taking a stand here. and He's so. the space sheriff. Or Marshall, whatever, yeah. One of my favorite Sean Connery lines, is, I think, is from that movie. He cocks his gun and he says, think it over. This is not an impressions show. That impression, what, how do you review that impression? It's probably zero. Zero stars. Siskel and Ebert, the cool thing was it was a thumbs up, thumbs down. It wasn't like a... Yeah. You didn't confuse the issue by assigning a ranking, you know, like one out of 10 or four stars or whatever. Although they did do those rankings in their newspaper columns. Right. They didn't bring it to the show, which I thought was an interesting way of doing it. Do you recommend? Do you not recommend? Is it worth going to or worth not? And when they had like the split decision, you'd be like, ooh, maybe I do want to see. Which movies do I like that Ebert likes or that Siskel likes through consistent watching and reading kind of get an idea of what the reviewer as far as what they like? Here's a weird Siskel and Ebert kind of reference. Uh huh. Do you remember like the the first American Godzilla movie, the one that Matthew Broderick was in? Oh my God. Yes, I do. Devlin and Roland Emmerich one. Yeah. It has one of my favorite Jamiroquai songs in it. Uh, (laughs) Seriously. The the song that he did, he wrote it for that movie. And then there's this video and he's like dancing on a, the seat backs of movie in a movie theater that's flooding. 
Godzilla's about to step through the screen. There's cars flying in a movie theater. But anyway, I remember that. It also had Jean Renault in it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. Um, right. But um, here's the thing. There was, so the mayor was Mayor Ebert, played by Michael Lerner, who they made him to look like, like Roger Ebert. And then I think he had a assistant named Gene. Ah. Like they totally were like sucking up to the the movie review guys look we put you in the movie or, or something like our movie and did it uh, work did not work yeah so they were like actively assassin the movie reviewers in the movie that can work one of two ways right you can have the reviewers being eaten on screen that's another way to do it or squashed or whatever you know toho studios like hadn't done any godzilla films in a while and then they saw this and they're like oh no we got to take it back oh. <laughs> and then they made godzilla 2000 which was like one of my favorite movies i ever saw in the theater oh wow okay because they were like obviously not happy with what dean devlin and roland emmerich did to the point that they did a literal joke about independence day in a godzilla movie Ah. you know they had that flying saucer come and hovering over a building in downtown tokyo instead of shooting the big laser beam out of it or whatever it just landed right on top of it and mushed it it's like your movie sucked this is <laughs> that was not a japanese accent no i know i know it no do you think there's competition for those types of things i mean it movie companies put them out for the sales it's not necessarily the it's like we can make a better movie but i i bet yeah i'm pretty sure toho decided that the americans did such a bad job with godzilla on that one they just had to take it back they made a whole lot of godzilla movies after that and then and then now we've got i guess the new american godzilla movies are pretty cool yeah they're okay I like the old ones that are obviously a guy in a rubber suit breaking stuff. With the 1998 one, it was obviously very much CGI in its infancy, right? And the design wasn't very Godzilla. It looked more like a Tyrannosaurus, I think. You know, it's then eggs in Madison Square Garden. Little Godzilla eggs. Yeah. Oh, boy. We got so many Godzillas. So, um, reviews. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're we getting back to like the simplicity of the thumbs up and the thumbs down. And I like that as a concept. We all do it. Someone says, Should I see that movie? And you kind of take into account what you think you know about them and maybe what you know about yourself. If you're going to go see the movie Poor Things, it's a very fascinating movie. Very awkward to watch that movie with your adult daughter. <laughs> <laughs> okay so don't go with Just, your adult daughter is what you're saying that's the lesson learned or be prepared for it to be very awkward so we're talking full frontal oh yeah lots of fronts i mean yeah that's it's a big part of the movie okay it, it doesn't have to be that big of a part but i guess it is what is the synopsis what is the summary of this movie again uh, oh poor things okay so basically there is a weird dr frankenstein guy frankenstein a woman because while he found her body washed up on the shore and in um this is pretty much revealed pretty early in this movie but it's the woman had jumped off a bridge and it was a fresh suicide everything was really fresh and like she was pregnant this guy was doing lots of weird um medical experiments strange things like putting a 
the duck's head on a dog or something like weird stuff. Isle of Dr. Moreau stuff. But yeah, he was doing some Isle of Dr. Moreau stuff. And so for what he did was like, he decided to put the baby's brain into the the woman and bring her back to life. All of Frankenstein stuff. So it's about this woman who has an adult woman's body and a very young mind and her development. And it's interesting. Hmm. It really looks at a lot of parts of culture and power dynamics. It's said like, you know, late 1800s kind of thing. Okay. But it's also not exactly, you know, like Wes Anderson stuff. It's always set somewhere that's really resembles re- some part of history or real life, but it's it's over the top. Yeah, overly colorful or overly sterile. So it's a similar kind of like push of stylistic stuff with this, but in a like a different way, a different direction. Don't don't be expecting Wes Anderson. Visually, it rem- reminded me of some of the stuff reminded me of um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that was a darker, wasn't it? What, that was yeah, it a- was a darker one for Wes Anderson. Yeah. So European late modern collapse of morality and. It sounds like an art film. It's it's an art film, okay. for sure. Because, I mean, that's an interesting premise. It's got Willem Dafoe in it, so, you know. Oh, okay. Who is in Speed 2? <laughs> he was in Speed 2. <laughs> wow. That was like Speed, but on a boat. On a boat. Oh, speaking of reviews. Uh-huh. Okay. Getting us back to that. So, anyway, I'd say Poor Thing's fascinating movie. Don't go with your daughter, adult daughter. <laughs> Maybe don't, don't go with your mom. <laughs> okay, that's you. <laughs> I mean, just go alone. It's an art movie. It's okay. It's an art movie. Actually, going with anyone is going to be awkward. Definitely not on a first date. Apparently, (laughs) somebody I know would do it on a first date. And I was like, ooh, yee. This is why whenever I would take anyone to a movie, I would make sure that I've seen the movie before. Or at least seen what Siskel and Ebert had to say about it. Right. So back to Speed, which reminded me when the, the first Speed movie came out. I remember like the the big tagline that kept getting put on the poster, like quotes from some review. I don't mm. know which review it was, but it was like, it's Die Hard on a bus. That's what I refer to it as, Die Hard on a bus. Die, nothing called to me and said, this should be on a bus. The movie was great up until the bridge. The bridge is mm. out thing. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it, yeah. It would have been better if there was a shark under it. If there was, you could jump the shark while they're. If you did it where it was a double decker kind of thing, where there was a road that was underneath it, that would make sense. You could do that. I don't know what the physics of a bus. I think the engine's in the back, right? So I think uh, force equals mass times acceleration. Yeah. So your delta v would need to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to have a lot of upwards acceleration to counter out the downward acceleration due to gravity. Yeah, I think putting a ramp, it's still unbelievable, but it's less unbelievable if there's a ramp, not just like a flat like piece of the bridge missing and going, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Remember one of the greatest movies ever made, also set in the Chicago area, the Blues Brothers. Some of the stuff that happened to cars in that movie. (laughs) The whole third act is pretty much car crashes, right? For a long time, that movie held the record for the most cars destroyed during the production. Yeah. 
I, there was a similar like bridge gap thing where the car goes over it and then it just cuts to like the car being like up at the height of like skyscrapers you know john landis knew like this is totally ridiculous so we're gonna push it you get a little bit more leeway in comedies i think yeah exactly especially when you're like leaning on it so hard that you're like yeah this doesn't work guys but right whereas in the jumping a bus they didn't do that in die hard i'll tell you it is enjoyable in some ways that scene always just it's like if i ever see it on cable or whatever it's just kind of like do you do reviews of other things personally have you ever had i mean because my thought on doing reviews is it's my opinion so it doesn't really mean a lot i've got mixed feelings about doing reviews for video games this year okay we'll just go right into our video game segment here it seems like we'll a on the v- good video game spot. segment yeah i know but I, I know that you've been like from the last episode you've been wrestling on how do i do a review and uh did you listen to the episode on thirsty suitors i i listened to the episode on, on thirsty suitors yeah was it obvious it was Frankenstein from two different episodes or did you not notice? I, actually, it wasn't obvious. It wasn't. It was. Um, okay. Here's the how the sausage is made on that whole review show. It was just going to be me talking about it before mm-hmm. we got into a word that I was going to do with Nora. And it ended up being what felt like 45 minutes of me ranting because I had high expectations for it. And then those expectations were short. So I'm like, you know what? I got to record this again. I sound like an idiot. I need to come up with a way to review things in kind of an impartial way, if at all possible. Some bits were just like, I, I felt like I was just being too hard on it. Um, I didn't think you were being too hard on it. I think that maybe, I don't know, the, the amount of time given to it might have been thinking, if you're thinking seriously about doing game reviews. Oh yeah, they got to be much shorter. They're going to be yeah, much be, I mean, and I'm like, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You're wrestling with like the more, the philosophical question of why am I reviewing? Why is my opinion more valid than anyone else's? This is like reviewing someone's artwork. It is, it is tricky. It can mean different things to different people. Yeah. You're asking about like, you know, what do I review stuff? And I'm like, well, sometimes, mm-hmm. but often it's like. I won't review something if I don't like it. And like the last time, you know, uh, there's somebody, you know, a zine friend who wrote a novel a couple of, I think it came out last year or two years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, she was asking people to um, plug my novel and, or, you know, can you do a write a review on Amazon? And I was like, cool, I'm going to write a review on Amazon, but I couldn't because um amazon was like you don't spend any money here so you can't post a review because at at that point i hadn't bought anything on amazon for a long time and you know that's odd okay i mean it sort of makes sense like they're trying to police people who are they'll just log on and make a bad review create another account log on make do a bad review yeah that might be exactly what that function is for you know to keep the bot reviewers from coming in and doing whatever which i mean it was fair i could write a review on goodreads it was fine it was just sort of interesting and i was like oh it just made me realize how much i don't if you write a review for a friend's work you also have that kind of like i'm already biased yeah exactly I want to write a quote unquote, I want to do a review that's objectively, 
you know, like I have a formula or something that I use that's sort of analytical. You can have a basic understanding of it. Yeah, it's the same thing with reviewing friends' works or whatever. Do I like it? Do I not like it? It's like, mm. It's tricky. Like, and I'll, I will give you a word here that uh, the word rubric, which I think is what you're talking about creating. And this is like from my time of trying to be an English teacher. You know, that you're having to critique that student's writing all the time. And I think I had some of the same like feelings of like, it was actually grading stuff just felt so icky to me and arbitrary and subjective. Grading papers, like people's works of art. It's high school kids writing assignments. So it's maybe not, uh, not as much work has been put into those as a piece of art. But a similar thing was like, I, I did suffer from this feeling of like not being sure how to assess things and until like I I got like a rubric which you know basically said okay here's the categories you look at and here's what qualities you're looking for in those categories and then you can go down the line and do that and so that was really helpful so the rubric being like a reference or like it's just another word for what you've been talking about how like you've got your main categories of how you evaluate something okay what is good in that category what's not so good in that category what totally stinks in that category you kind of have you know you sort of have it written down like oh this is these are my ideas of where that is does it show this stuff does it not that's part of the discussion not that you're a big gamer or anything but it's like the thing that i decided video games is very unique because there's an interactive component right so what it makes sense to me is you got your audio visuals your aesthetics and that can like be highly subjective too because you know there's different visual styles and Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that i'm kind of wrestling with yeah it's very subjective but it's also putting these things in categories like i'm trying to come up with an example like something with the music right Mm -hmm. if the music doesn't build the tension that's kind of part of the story right but it's part of the audio visuals there are things that kind of straddle that line the music is not written to fit the story therefore the music is not appropriate so i would put it in the audio visuals category and and maybe i'll just explain these things as just briefly within that category talking about like the quality of the music itself and then whether it meshes well with the story can be a category of how you judge the music. Maybe I'm just reinforcing what you just said. That fits into the music category. That's a good selection. You know, this style fits the story or this style contrasts the story, which makes me feel like that was an intentional choice. The music just sounds like it was composed on a cat keyboard with a bunch of meowing sounds. (laughs) That might be like... I don't know. That's That would be kind of cool. <laughs> I, I, if it I fits think. the game, yeah. <laughs> if you were talking maybe haptics. Haptics. I would put haptics in the audiovisual category. It's a feeling versus learning thing. Like anything that maybe. you're feeling or your senses. So the second category is the game mechanics, the pieces. How do they interact? What are the things that you do to interact with the game Are those things fun? Are those things appropriate in certain cases? But it all fits into what makes a game a game. Then we get to the third part, story and narrative, and how those things are part of a game. Is this overly simplistic to break these things up 
you could break them up into smaller subcategories if you wanted, but that's just that kind of gets away from trying to simplify the process. What's important for me in a game can be split into those three things somehow. With the audiovisuals, it's like that's kind of your senses, how you're taking in the information. The game mechanics is how those things work with the actual functioning of the game. And then the story narrative, what are we trying to say here? What is our tale overall? What are we trying to tell? How are we telling it? Is it paced appropriately? Is it making sense within itself? Are the characters believable? Is there a reason for them to have skateboarding competitions in the middle of their search for the thirsty suitor? Are, Are the suitors that thirsty? You said something that resonated with me, which was, I don't like reviewing things unless I have something positive to say about them. I'm not going to log on to some, although a lot of people like doing this and say, this is a piece of garbage, you know, but some people like to do that. Some people like to be trolls. Yeah. And you know who I blame? Uh, Joe Rogan? No, food critics. That's who I blame. Food critics. Oh, food critics. Food critics, the thing that's as old as time, and they seem to be the most harsh, I think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong here. I don't know. You know what? I've watched enough uh, episodes of the British Baking Show to know that, like, yeah, Paul Hollywood, boy, that guy. Can get pretty harsh. One of the judges. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's like, you just, he just gives you a look, and you're like, oh, it's not a good bake. And, yeah. No. Paul Hollywood? Is that his name? <laughs> That's his name, Paul Hollywood. Is yeah. it a pseudonym or? Don't know. Okay. That's his name. But anyway. Mr. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. It's weird. A British guy named Paul Hollywood. And he looks like the mirror universe version of Guy Fieri. Like, <laughs> he's like, instead of the, the frosted tips, he's, you know, he's like, it's no i don't know <laughs> he's like put together and calculating and deliberate well <laughs> let's go to Flavortown. no that's not him <laughs> food critics this is before the internet right they could make or break a restaurant especially in like chicago and new york it's oh like, yeah yeah oh very competitive oh yeah 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 Um, So, I mean, they wielded some pretty serious power, but that's trolls of the old days, food critics. Yeah, now it's all about the influencers. Is it, do the influencers even matter anymore? I don't know. It, it, uh, who's, who's listening to the influencers, right? There was a bit where like the, some of them were getting uppity about, why don't you give me my meal for free? I'm putting it on Instagram. Yeah. Maybe that died with uh, COVID. Good riddance. Well, I mean, that's because a lot more people started doing it. So it's more about the promotion. It's more official now. Like like people are getting hired to be brand ambassadors. Whereas like the influencer is more organic as opposed to your more official. You say the commercial and, and we'll give you this money or whatever. We'll give you these prank. Anyway. So uh, Pringles. Oh yeah, Pringles. Yeah. So we're we're putting the Pringles on pause this episode. So um we're we're doing that. We want to space it out a little bit. I think for the April Fools episode, it's gotta be a Pringles demo reel. <laughs> the Pringles demo reel that we sent to Pringles and we're really proud of. And maybe 
maybe we can record some other sort of commentary kind of stuff. But I mean, just pretend like we're selling ourselves to Pringles. <laughs> but anyway, that's my idea for the um, April Fool's joke, if you like it. That sounds fun. So we've got those three categories. We've got the audio visuals, we've got the game mechanics, we've got the story narrative. My thought was, if everything can fit in one of those three categories, you have people out there who weight those things differently. So I can do a little bit of math yeah, and say, what percentage of a game is this for me? And if I wanted to get super detailed, I could say, well, puzzle games are this, and but that's just getting too complex. I think you might be overthinking it. Because like you're saying, like everybody might have their different percentages on how to weigh those things. Mm -hmm. So you could just be like, say, just say your thoughts on each of those categories. And then, you know, the person that's like more heavy into game mechanics than narrative, they've got your information and they'll just take it the way they want it. And I don't want to rank it on the show, but. Putting the math to it was more to get a 1 out of 10 stars, or if I want to just cut and paste my opinions from the show notes and put it in a Metacritic review, if I wanted to, I could do that because it's going to be very simple. The discussion might be more complex, and I want to do this with people so they can ask me questions about it too. I mean, I like that format. Okay. I want it to be the new Pringle segment, right? Where it's like, we got a set sort of amount of time to do it. Stick to that. Yeah. The final thing is, so three ups and three downs, that's a round number, you know? Three um, ups and three downs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like three of the most positive things of, of what they did, and then three of the negatives, and then leave it at that, right? Mm -hmm. Even just putting them in order might be, for what I'm doing... Okay. Like I said, I probably won't do the math for the episode itself. I'll put it like, yeah. you guys know that story is important for me, game mechanics second, and then audio visuals third. I don't care about the frame rate. I don't care. <laughs> it's like, does it, is it fun to play? Right? That's all I care about. And then the three ups, three downs, and then that's it. So here's a thing I'm going to suggest you feel comfortable with. Okay. Uh, you're writing reviews for people who like the kind of games that you like. Okay. Ideally, people who like the kind of games you like will pay attention to your reviews. So you can feel okay about just saying, this is what I like about it. This is how, you know, what I don't like about it. And the right people will be like, yeah, I want to play this game. People are going to look at the review. I may just start the segment by saying, my opinion doesn't matter. It's my opinion. But these things are important to me. You know, as a listener, you're the summaries of those things here's the three ups three downs thirsty suitors it started out so strong man see that's thing we've yeah. all seen movies like that we've all read books like that where it starts out really strong and the concept is great but it's like it just doesn't know how to tie up the loose ends or with movies nowadays it's it's about leave loose ends because we can do a sequel right it's yeah. like seems to be the the philosophy some sometimes they like to leave those little breadcrumbs out there and the the post-credit sequence and the mid-credit sequence yeah the, it's just like uh, just enough guys yeah i've seen 20 of these movies already i can't keep them straight anymore and yeah i is it unfair to be critical of something that feels half finished it was near perfect. It's not, it's not unfair. What I said was true. I bought that game from Michaela based on the first five hours that I played it. But then after the fact, 
looking back on it and kind of assessing it objectively, or what I like to think was objectively, I pick it apart. Was I being too harsh, you think? You don't think so, right? I don't think so. Yeah, like you're speaking your truth. So long as you're like, you're not like personally attacking oh God, people. No. Yeah. No, yeah. You're, you're sort of, you're really very clear about what parts you didn't like, what things were you found like the setup was good and then you were disappointed and like that's valid i just need to make it shorter that's basically it but do you think it's a good idea should i start doing that would you not listen to the podcast because i did a game review (laughs) (laughs) because it should be entertaining too i want it to be entertaining right i want those bits in there that are kind of like right i don't want to be angry joe so there's this guy angry joe who does his show and his whole bit is he's angry. Duh. <laughs> that's his that's a shtick, yeah. I don't like that shtick. You can be funny without being angry. So that's kind of my philosophy is I want to be funny and I want these things to be funny kind of like the way our Pringles episodes can be funny. Right. Okay. Prepare yourself because uh tax season is upon us. It's slowly approaching. Oh, Tax season. Yeah. So I'm going to do a review of, the, it's an older game, but. It's not TurboTax, is it? Don't know. No. <laughs> that's not a no, game. No, it's not a game. <laughs> it's Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. <laughs> that's the name of the game. It's got this cute little Nintendo 64 presentation. It's got these different vegetable characters that you interact with. It's supposed to be funny. So I might do that coming up for tax season. Okay, so let's wrap up our review episode. All right, let's wrap it up. What are your final thoughts on reviews or the word review? I think uh, reviews, uh, you know, are helpful things. If I read one, I might not have had as awkward an evening at the movie theater with my daughter. But um, I mean, that's part of the factual, right? I mean, that, that's part of the, the factual. Was, yeah, part of the factual is there is frontal nudity in this movie. So, I mean, you can't just say an R-rated thing is going to i mean r means everything to different people right nudity itself i don't have a problem it's the amount of sexual act being depicted versus how quickly you can get the point like well they're doing it okay got it let's move on to another thing let's because, move on. <laughs> because <laughs> right i mean they, these are it's it's fine reviews can be helpful and oh my gosh one time when i worked at the movie theater interview with a vampire came out oh yeah yeah you might have heard of that one so it was like the the opening weekend or whatever and somebody passed out in the audience because they pass out at the side of blood and they decided to go to the vampire movie i just was like (laughs) they should have read the yeah they should have read i don't i don't know there's some things you just can't protect against and i don't know what is it mark twain said the, a man who picks up a cat by the tail learns something he can learn in no other way <laughs> is that what he said <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's like you made that decision most people will know that's a bad idea but you had to find out for yourself <laughs> some people that's the only way they're gonna learn it i don't know some people learn by doing. Some, some people, people learn, learn by some reading. Some people pour water on that magnet. Yeah. <laughs> some people. <laughs> Before they go talking on TV. 
but yeah, before they go to John Deere and ask them about their elevators, John Deere <laughs> makes fine elevators. What? Yeah. That's yeah. tractor manufacturers. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're obviously trying to appeal to the, the working class and you go, John Deere is great. And it's like, yeah. you have casinos and a freaking golf course, man. What, what the, what? Uh, John Deere makes the best golf carts, I guess. I, I don't know. As far as my final thoughts on review, it's an opinion. It doesn't mean a lot, but read it objectively. You can, even when someone is doing kind of a editorial, essentially mm-hmm. it's just a, like, it's an editorial, right? That's what a review is. It's sort of an editorial yeah. of what someone thinks about the movie or whatever the piece of, whatever it is. Piece yeah. of art is. You still have to make your own decisions. Kind of make your own right? decisions, but you know, it is, it's, I think it's helpful for like, Helping somebody know whether they want to spend the time or money on it, you know? Right. In the, in the end, they're supposed to be a help. I think so. I think that the, the, they should be ideally, but some people yeah. are jerk holes and yeah. And, and some people use it as an excuse. I want my game reviews to be objective at the front and then the end with the ups and downs. That's where I can get into the weeds as far as feelings. Yeah. Right. So I don't have to split the two episodes like I did before. Right. I don't have to have an episode that focuses on my emotions and then an episode that focuses on being more analytical. I can do that in the single review. Yeah. On that note, thank you, Andrew, for joining us on this very interesting conversation. I mean, I don't know. Interesting conversation on the word review. We went different places. <laughs> a lot of places. Different places. Yeah. yeah. Some of it, we went there on a bus. Someone <laughs> die hard <laughs> on a bus. Yeah. I hired on a bus. <laughs> Remember when I was trying to come up with really weird drink names because there were like all these different oh, yeah. drinks. Right. And, yeah. and one of the ones, yeah, yeah one of the sex, ones that I. Sex on the bus. Sex yeah. on a bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> one. That's that's a great one. Sex on a bus. Don't knock it till you tried it. Yep. Cocktail sausage is a garnish. It's got to be yeah. sex on a bus. But. Oh, man. I've ridden a lot of buses since then. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I wish I had a drink yeah. there. But anyway. Yeah. It's thank- like, oh, 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 man. Okay. Well, thank you for joining we'll do us. do bus reviews <laughs> next bus time. Review. <laughs> <laughs> the number seven uh, blows, man. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us on this week's episode. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And thank you, audience, for joining us on this week's episode of the Two Fag Podcast. My name is Ben. My name's Andrew. And we've been your hosts. Have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye.